Hey guys, welcome to Peace of Authenticity with the Andersons. We're live every Monday morning and we want to be current and authentic and genuine in every topic that we bring for you guys. Nothing is more refreshing than when people are open and honest with their walk with God. And that's just what we want to do. We want to have conversations with you weekly that ignite you and challenge you to be the best that you can be. A lot of times we think that we have to have it all put together and we put on masks to get through our week. But here, we want to be able to just talk it out. Exactly how it comes out is exactly how it's going to be. So join in on the conversation. Okay. Okay, we should. Uh-oh. Is that it right there? Are we yeah, live? Yeah, it says connect. We are live. We are live. <laughs> Live action. This is the first time we have streamed to both YouTube and Facebook. Yeah. And so I'm excited that this worked. Is it showing up on yours, Aubrey? Um, no. Is it live on YouTube? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't really know how to tell, I guess. it It says that it's live, but okay. I mean... I don't really know. I don't really know. Yeah, we're live. We live. How did you see it? <laughs> on YouTube, it showed. Oh, nice. Oh my goodness. So I'm so sorry that we wasted exactly one minute on staring at our phones, but we just wanted to make sure that we're not talking to nobody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For well, sure. well, that was not very good grammar, but yeah, we weren't talking to nobody. We ain't talking to nobody up in here. But we're so excited about this. Like, it's there was just this expectancy of I mean I don't remember what day that was Aubrey whenever you just sat down and the Lord like gave you this revelation um for the Beatitudes and that Sermon on the Mount that we've all heard of you know and Jesus had thousands of people there and he was standing on a mountain right or maybe he was at the bottom of the mountain and it was up but either way there was a mountain and Jesus was speaking and it was the most amazing sermon ever taught and so, I mean, it's just an honor to get to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to be awesome. So, <clears throat> so I, I started in on, it really started in, in Matthew chapter six, where the, the Bible tells us to let your eye be singular focused, right? So, so it's not torn between looking at things of the world and mm. looking at things of Christ let let yeah. our eyes be singular and then if your eyes are singular then that means that you will be full of light and mm-hmm. then it goes on to say that let yourself be full of light but if you have any darkness in you how dark is that and so it kind of just it kind of just wrecked me for a long time it's like okay so how do you how do you develop singular focus mm-hmm. on on Christ alone and so then it, it went to it went to Matthew chapter five, which I've read so many times. It's not even funny, but right. <laughs> the, the, the simple fact of the matter is that the Sermon on the Mount is, is the very first sermon that Jesus speaks to the multitudes. Mm-hmm. And Matthew chapter five tells us that seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and he taught them. This is this is the very first time in in a group setting beyond just the 12 disciples that that Jesus is teaching. And so for me the conviction was 
if if this is the very first thing that the Holy Spirit inspired full, Jesus full of the Holy Spirit was inspired to share with the multitudes then it's important and yeah. I should I should pay really close attention to to what's going on in in what he's saying mm-hmm. and he he first starts out the greatest sermon Billy Graham said it like this and and I love the way that it said because Billy Graham says it's it's the greatest sermon ever preached but it's the least understood and the least followed that should wreck almost everybody because if I even said the sermon on the mount and nobody has any idea what that is that's a that's a bad that's a terrible thing yeah it you know something cuz we're going over the very first beautiful attitude today and Aubrey's about to read it in a second but whenever you hear the words that Jesus spoke I always ask the question of why was this the first one? Why did Jesus feel like this was the first one that he needed to list as the Beatitudes or the beautiful attitudes? And I really believe that this first one, it's a doorway that we have to step through for that one and all the other ones for us to actually live the life of the beautiful attitudes. And don't, don't you agree, Aubrey? Like that was just something that really spoke to me when I read it. I was like, that's the doorway. That's that's the step to be able to step into that life of yielding to what God wants and not what we want because constantly our flesh is telling us what we want. Yeah. Oh, you're hungry. Oh, this. Oh, that. The, even the smallest things, our flesh is always telling us, oh, we need, we need, we need, we want, we want, we want. This will make us happy. This will make us joyful. All these things. But this first step, it's like, Oh man, it just really spoke to me that we have to get to that place of completely yielding and completely dying to that flesh, just like Jesus died on the cross and carrying our own cross to be able to step into this. Well, and and I think that it's it's also very crucial that we understand that the beatitudes are are not something that you should aspire to be. Yeah. Oh, I hope one day I can be all that, these things. Th- yeah, I hope that one day I can I can reflect the nature of what Jesus is saying yeah. here. Jesus is literally saying that. Do you want to identify a follower of me? Do you want to identify somebody that I consider in the kingdom of heaven? These are the attributes of that person. It's a characteristic. It's a it's a character trait that Jesus is saying. Do you, do you want to recognize my disciple? Here it is. And he starts out by the very first one. And what I love about the, the beautiful attitudes or the beatitudes, as the Bible calls them, you can't move on to the next one until you've mastered the one before it. It's like a stair step. It, it's, it's kind of, yeah. Not to, you know, if anybody that's watching this has ever been to AA, alcohol, you know, they have, they have the step program uh where you have to, you know, you take it one step at a time. The Beatitudes are the same way because number one is blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. If you never master being poor in spirit, you can never move on to the next one. Because in order to get to the next one and the one after that and the one after that and the one after that, you have to become poor in spirit. And what that means is 
you you're literally coming to the place where you understand that there is absolutely nothing about you, not your ability to run a business, not your ability to be a parent, not mm-hmm. your ability to even be a anything productive at all is good outside of Christ. And when you have that mindset, Aubrey, it's easy to let things go. It's easy because you know, I'm telling every single one of us, there has been something that we know the Lord has been asking us to get rid of, probably more than one thing, but there's a specific one thing that you can think of, I'm sure, that it was the scariest thing to let it go. But once you did, you ask like, man, Lord, I'm so sorry I did not let this go earlier. I feel so free. I should have yielded to you way before this because... I, I say this all the time, but it's such a revelation because the Lord created us. He He knows our deepest desires. He formed us in our mother's womb. We are fearfully, wonderfully made. I mean, list the scriptures, one, so on and so forth of how you know God created us. He knows the hair, you know the number of hairs on our head, but still thinking, oh, He doesn't know what I really want, or no, I really want this. I don't know why the Lord's calling me to this. The Lord knows us way more than we know ourselves. The Lord knows what is the most amazing thing for our lives and the Lord knows exactly what our heart needs, exactly what our spirit needs, exactly what our soul needs and our mind and everything because he created it all. And then also knowing that God's plan for us is good, nothing less than good. It's good. And when you get to those points and you connect those dots and realize, why don't I fully trust him? What's holding me back from yielding that first step that Aubrey's talking about of being poor in spirit? What's holding me back from that? Knowing these facts, you know, it's, it's knowing them more than they are facts. It's living them every single day as a proclamation of yielding daily, waking up and being intentional about the yielding. Yeah. And whenever I read that a little while ago, just to refresh, you know, I, I just wrote this prayer and I said, I have nothing of my own. I give it to you, Lord. I've died to my needs and my wants and my ambitions. I want only your will for my life. I want only what you would have me do. And guys, when I was writing that down, I was sitting by a window and a dove. I'm not kidding. This sounds <laughs> this sounds a little crazy. A dove came and sat right by the window and stared at me. And I was like, Okay. So then I looked up what a dove means spiritually. I have this book actually, and it's about um, symbolism of everyday life where the Lord wants to show you things prophetically. And so I looked up dove. It's like a dictionary, godly dictionary of what things means symbolically. And a dove means one of the things that it means is poverty or poor. And I just thought that was so beautiful because I was literally writing down my poorness of spirit. And I'm telling you, that dove looked me right in the eye. It was a little little creepy. Let's be real for a mm. second. I was like, does this dove see me? But then I was like, oh, wow, the Lord is in this. And then right when I saw that, it just, man, the Lord will reaffirm things when you're going the right way and when you have the right mindset and you're just wanting to seek him. Like he'll reaffirm that because he wants us to take it step by step. That's why Jesus said that. That's why these beautiful attitudes are one step after another. You can't jump steps. You go one at a time. He is the God of steps. And I think sometimes we want to skip steps, but we're not fully prepared for the next thing until we take that proper step that's right in front of us. And because he is the God of steps. You know, he's the God of process. He's the God of preparation. 
He won't throw us into something we're not prepared for. We will throw us into something that we're not prepared for. <laughs> but yeah. God will not do that. And so do you want to say anything before I well, that one part? I think that in, in especially in America, we, we get the word blessed so confused. We, Hashtag we think, blessed, y'all. We we think that it that it has to do with with things that that people can see and finances and just like all these outward expressions. But that word blessed, when it's coming toward the the be attitudes, the word blessed actually talks about your your inner condition. Blessed are you, like talking about your spiritual your your inner condition. Blessed are you who are who are poor in spirit and. The thing about being poor in spirit is you're humbling yourself before God, which means you become poor in spirit because you recognize your sinful nature. You recognize that outside of of the movement of the Holy Spirit, I can't make a good decision. Yeah. Because I'm selfish in nature. Mm-hmm. My my human uh, condition is literally wired to draw what I think I need and what I think I want to myself. But when you become poor in spirit, you're literally saying, I recognize that I have a sinful nature and I have to surrender that to to the feet of Jesus. I have to be led by the Spirit because if Aubrey's leading the way, it's to destruction. But if the Holy Spirit's leading the way, then it leads to life and life more abundantly. Mm. I, I think that... One thing that I was reading in here that uh, really kind of took me back was uh, the Beatitudes, like Psalms chapter 1, don't show a man how to be saved, but rather they describe the characteristics of one who has already been saved. Hmm. So first, in order to, in, in when any of us come to Jesus, the first thing that we do is we humble ourselves, we recognize our sin. We recognize that without a Savior, we are doomed. We, ha- we become poor in spirit. And therefore, we're surrendering our lives at the feet of Jesus. Because outside of Him, until you become poor in spirit, you will never move forward in your identity and in your walk with Christ. Mm. And so it basically comes to, we're not talking about this is what you have to do in order to be saved. The Beatitudes are literally a reflection and characteristics of what you will notice of someone who has already been saved. And we talked about this in our live when we were talking about our exciting plans, you know, to go live on Tuesdays and Thursdays with the, with the beautiful attitudes. And Aubrey, you said pretty much you don't like the word Christian because... It's used everywhere. Yeah. It's like love. You know, people say like, okay, you love ice cream and you love me. So what's the point of love? It's the same thing with saying you're a Christian because so many people in the world say they're Christians, but do they know what Christian means? It means Christ follower. It means you follow Christ. And by following Christ, you're taking steps. There are some Christians, I guess I'll say Christians like this, that have not even taken the first step being poor in spirit. They're not willing to give up anything. Yeah. And so are you following Christ if you're not willing to take the first step? And I feel kind of like, and I think you feel it too, like a heaviness in this, not like a burden heaviness, but like, this is so important to live the life that God's called you to. There's so many people that have lived on this earth that have not even stepped into their destiny. The Lord created for them on this earth because they won't take the first step of being poor in spirit. Because can you read the whole thing? Um, 
poor in spirit and they will inherit, right? The kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's blessed are the poor in spirit uh, for they will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Oh, yes. Yes. And I think that I think that it's important um, for everybody to understand that. Okay. So poor in spirit is the opposite of pride. Now, I know that's hard for us as Americans to not have pride. I'm proud. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, I was talking to Jordan about this as we were preparing for this live video. And at the end of boot camp, when I was getting ready to graduate Navy boot camp, they keep you up all night. Yeah. And so it's in battle stations. And so you're literally sitting there, you're delirious. And they they stand you at attention for a long time. And then they give you a hat on it, just like this one. And when you get to boot camp, that says recruit across the top. Well, after battle stations and you stay up all night, you're fighting leaks as if you're fighting them on a ship or whatever. At the end of that, they give you a hat that no longer says recruit, but it says Navy across the front. And so they, then as they're handing you these hats in the background, you can hear blaring music. I'm proud to, to be, be an American. American. And I told Jordan, I sit there and I literally cried. Like I was crying. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this is so amazing. Oh, like, man. so, I mean, I'm not saying that you, that you shouldn't, you know, that, that you shouldn't promote oh, no. your country, that you shouldn't be excited to live in America because I am, I'm thankful for the freedoms that, that we have every day. But literally there, we have a tendency in Western culture to be very mm -hmm. prideful about what we're doing and it's the exact opposite you cannot have an ounce of pride if you're poor in spirit mm. it's the exact opposite oh, man and i oh wait yeah okay so so here's a poor in spirit are these are those who have been humbled by the grace of god that they have acknowledged their sin and therefore their dependence on god on god to save them to, to go further from that, because I had to be saved from my sin. If it wasn't yeah. for, for my coming to Christ, my sinful nature would still be leading the way, mm -hmm. leading the way all the time. But they are the ones who will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, I love the way that this is used in the Bible because it, it doesn't, it's not being used as, as something that's like, okay, well, one day we will inherit the kingdom of heaven and that's yeah. when we die and we go to heaven. Mm -hmm. It's used in a way that says they will inherit the kingdom of heaven, which is a designation for all believers, which is, which means the kingdom of heaven is not just something that I look forward to. And it's like, Oh Lord, yeah. you know, please save me so that one day when I die here, I can go up there. The Bible is literally saying that when you become poor in spirit and you recognize your dependence on God, you will see the kingdom of heaven everywhere. Yes. And that goes right into, that's crazy. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Um, right. Whenever I was meditating on the scripture right before this, that, that, um, Luke seventeen thirty three hit me. And it says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. If yeah. you let your life go, you will save it. And so I wanted to go more into that. So I actually turned to Luke 17. And you want to know what the little section is where this scripture is found? It's called the coming of the kingdom of God. 
<laughs> I thought that was pretty amazing because yeah. if we're going to inherit the kingdom of heaven, you know, yeah. the coming of the kingdom of God. And so at the beginning here, the Pharisees are talking to Jesus and it says once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, oh, here it is or there it is because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And then it says down in the little, um, they give you the little notes at the bottom. It says it could also mean it is within you. The kingdom of God is within you whenever you are poor, poor of spirit and you decide, you know what? I'm done trying to do this on mm -hmm. my own. I want to yield to what you have for me. God, I'm done. I just want to be poor in spirit because I just want you to fill me and I can't have all this gunk if you're yeah. going to fill me up. And that is when the kingdom of God is in your midst. That's when it's within you. It's not something to wait for. Oh, there it is over there. It's within you, like Aubrey just yeah. said. Yeah, it's it's within you. I mean, where 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 you go, we are ambassadors of Christ. Yeah. We are Christ followers. So everywhere that we go, the kingdom of heaven should go with us. And and it, it's not coincidence that Jesus is literally saying in Matthew five, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they were they will inherit the kingdom of God. And then we turn to Matthew chapter six. And in the Lord's prayer, he says, mm -hmm. your kingdom come, your will, your will be, be done. done. Yes. When you pray, when you pray, say to the father, right? It says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's not a, it's not a coincidence that he, Jesus is literally teaching us to pray that the kingdom of heaven come down. Yeah. But you won't see it. You won't touch it. You won't even you won't even be able to recognize it unless you become poor in spirit. You will Man. never see it. You will live your entire life on the earth, never witnessing the, the kingdom of heaven here because we can't let go of our pride. We can't let go mm -hmm. of bitterness. We can't let go of a haughty spirit. And, and that's it. It's not just... It's different for all of us, but it's kind of the same for all of yeah. us because it can all stem. It stems from fear of letting something go and not trusting God. And I believe he's going to show you what you need to let go of so you can fully yield to him so yeah. you can take this first step. And that's why we're on this journey with you and would love to hear from you. Yeah. We want to pray for you about some of the things that you are wanting to let go. And it's so scary because we've got to take these steps. Yeah. we got to take these steps. Well, I just, I just believe that it's time in America, actually all over the world. Let's why limit why limit God to just America? It's time all over the world for a Josiah generation to step up and come back to the fundamentals of of a Christ-like nature of of followers of Jesus Christ. And Jesus literally told us how to do that. He literally told us what that looks like. You you want to know why the the numbers in church are going down by every decade instead of going up is because the church has spent too many years trying to be entertaining and try to be more like the world instead of being set apart. And Jesus is saying, if you represent the beautiful attitudes that are right here in Matthew chapter five, that when the world looks at Aubrey, they should see a man that is poor in spirit. Yeah. They should see a man that, that mourns, for his sin, a, a person that hungers and thirsts for righteousness. You know, it, it, it's not bad 
self-righteousness is bad, but, yeah, but regular, is. but regular righteousness, just being in right standing with the Lord, is not bad. But here's the thing. We have to begin to, to be intentional about reflecting these, not that we can walk around and go, Oh, well, you know, that's not for me. Cause I'm poor in spirit. You shouldn't, if you are that, you shouldn't have to say that. You should never just like, you know, I'm, that. you know, I'm, I'm the, like, I'm just really a humble person. I'm so humble. If, if you're saying that, then you're probably not. <laughs> but anyway, um, I thank you guys for being on this journey with us. We're going to go live again on Thursday, right? Yeah, and we're going to yeah. talk about number two, blessed are those who mourn for they shall oh. be comforted. I cannot wait because guys, I, I'm telling you this, it's not about being sad. It's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not sadness. We're not talking about mourning as in just being, being sad. There's so much more to it. And we have only began, begun. We have only begun. To scratch the surface in, mm-hmm. in what the, what the Lord has been revealing to us. But it's, <sighs> it's so going to be amazing. And, and share this so other people can join in on the conversation. Because what's so amazing is, um, Aubrey and I can talk left and right, but this was from the Lord. Yeah. It has nothing to do with us. Yeah. And, and we're not pointing fingers either. Like these are literally things I have. I've not been able to get out of Matthew chapter five because yeah. of the simple fact that, that the Lord challenges me when I read it. Aubrey, when people see you, do they see poor in spirit? Yeah. Not a lot of times. No. Not all so of the times. we, not, not <laughs> every of the, time. of the times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but this that's the thing we're we're growing in this we're new revelations from the word mm-hmm. that's the goal amen so we'll we're see excited. you guys